91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio Poughkeepsie, New York. You are tuned into Local Motion. It is 4 o'clock on the nose. Thank you to Frank for Vinyl Triumph this afternoon. Always a great array of musical diversity when Frank gets beyond the air beyond behind the microphone here. So it's a pleasure to hear him. So today, if it's your first time tuning into the show, this music, this show is all about music of the Hudson Valley musicians that live here and those coming to perform in our area venues. And today show number 277 for me here on these airwaves. And I um, will tell you that, yeah, it's all about music of the Hudson Valley. So the show is all about um, musicians that I talk to. We talk a lot. We have lots of great interviews. And today holds absolutely no exception. I am so thrilled to have with me on the phone in just a few minutes, Ms. Amy Helm will be my guest today here on Local Motion. Amy's got a new release coming out in just a couple of days. We'll be talking to her about that. We'll spin a few tracks off of her upcoming release, which is going to be called What the Flood Leaves Behind. She's pre-released a few things, and we'll talk about her amazing career and her life and just lots of great, great things that we'll talk about, I have no doubt. So what we'll do now is I'll say, everybody, thank you for tuning in, whether it's online at wvkr.org or perhaps tune in radio or however it is that you're here. We really appreciate you tuning in today. So let us, I'll also start off by saying that if you missed part of the Amy Helm interview or will be missing it, this, all the shows are uploaded on YouTube as well as to being turned into podcasts. So that, that's what we've got going on here. So what I'm going to start off with now is I'm going to start and we'll play a single that was already pre-released from Amy Helms' What the Flood Leaves Behind. And we'll start off by doing this, playing this track, and then hopefully she'll be on the phone and we'll chat some with Amy Helm. All right. Keep it tuned right where you're at. 91.3 WVKR.
91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Amy Helm, new single, Are We Running Out of Love? Off the upcoming release, What the Flood Leaves Behind. Let's get Amy on the phone. Amy? Yes, hi. Hi, hi. well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. We just heard your single, which it's one of those songs that kind of just stays in my head, you know, and um, are we running out of love? So thank that that was really Uh cool to play that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for playing it and for the support and the encouragement and all of it. Absolutely. That's what we do here. (laughs) I'd like to do a brief introduction, if I may, but start off by saying singer, instrumentalist and songwriter Amy Helm is a founding member of the band Olabel and is part of the Midnight Ramble Band. She released her first solo album, Didn't It Rain, in 2015, followed by This Too Shall Light in 2018. This Friday, June 18th, her third solo album titled What the Flood Leaves Behind will be released. Amy will be touring this summer with her first show happening this Saturday, June 19th at Levon Helm Studios in Woodstock, New York. She'll also perform songs from her new album tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time via her Facebook and YouTube channel. And with that, a warm mm-hmm. welcome to Local Motion, Amy Helm. So, Thanks, um, Rita. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, I usually start off my chats with musicians, and with you, it's a it's a, an extraordinary story, and I I always ask people how they got into music and Mm. when they first found like, okay, music is something special in my life. But with the parents that you have, I think it was Mm -hmm. just kind of, um, it just came to you. So when did you start recognizing, you know, your dad, of course, being the legendary Levon Helm and your mom, singer songwriter herself, when did you start picking up on music? Mm. You know, uh, of course, you know, I, I always say, like, like everybody else, you get your, your musical education first comes through the speakers of your parents' car mm-hmm. or stereo system at your house. And so, of course, what they were listening to influenced me, and um, they always encouraged me to sing and write and play. I, from a very young age, I, I started singing when I was really little, um, even kindergarten and earlier than that. I just, um, I think that I naturally just could do it and always was compelled to do it. And my first, I think, real understanding of, of singing as something that, that, um, that I could kind of find in myself and it was finding me and I had that first autonomous experience of, you know, understanding something, a gift that you've been, that you have, um, was really with my teachers, uh, Mm -hmm. at a young age in choir and school, um, learning to play the recorder, being part of little musicals and all those little things that you do in elementary school where you start to get a, a sense of yourself and, and you know, pretty, pretty quickly if music is your calling. And I think it was around, those early ages that I that I started to know that's where I kind of belonged. Right. And you went to Manhattan's Trinity School, right? I, I did go to Trinity for high school. For yes. high school. And you had a band there. I love the name. This is when I'm doing my homework. Chili Winds? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh no! <laughs> you went deep into the archives there. I the did. chilly winds. The chilly you better winds. believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's those a, were the days. Those, I'm still friends with some of the guys in Chilly Winds. We're always threatening a reunion concert. You never know 
what's uh, what's around the corner for chili wins. I but, love it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's great. And then you got, um, if if I read and learning correctly, you started listening to um, your dad's music from the band and uh, music from Big Pink when you were sixteen, seventeen, and and it may may have turned your taste into different kind of music at that time. Like you opened um, up more yes, to gospel. Well, yes. Well, I had I had that the, the I had probably told that story in answer to the question of. When did you realize your how cool your dad was? Kind of a thing, right? Um, <laughs> or when did you realize how cool the band was and that you were connected to this legacy? So I I I I, I tell that story um, because really it was it was an experience of of someone giving me a cassette tape of music from Big Pink and listening to it on my Walkman on my long ride to school every day and really being stunned by particularly by Richard Manuel's vocals mm-hmm. um, and having the experience of kind of falling in love with that album in a very impersonal way. I wasn't thinking about it as my father and a bunch of guys that I knew growing up. I had this kind of um, just an unusual experience of, of falling in love with it just as another fan of that album and that, that band. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the context for that that story, um, in terms of it turning me to another kind of music, I, I mean, I think, I guess Richard's voice cracked something open, as it does, I think, in anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of opens up your heart. And, um, you know, I, at the time I was listening to a lot of Aretha Franklin was my first love, my first musical love, and listening to a lot of female soul singers, and then to hear someone like Richard, who was such a deep, deep soul singer, but doing the most unique, original and individual um, phrasing and and melodic interpretation, just everything that he did was so um, singular that I I guess in a way that turned my ear into other music as well yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um at one point you and your dad um played in his blues band right the barn burners oh yeah for many years that yeah. must tell me about that experience just like really touring with your parent and your dad i mean tell me tell me what that was like well that was well i'll tell you what was funny about that experience is that at the time it was really like baptism by fire because the rest <laughs> of the guys in that blues band who were you know, at the time, young players from the Poughkeepsie area who had had their blues band and been working hard and struggling like all musicians do to kind of make it happen. And and then my dad started playing with them, and I think they just kind of had a different different view of how what the thing should be and how it should go. So my me being folded into the band at my dad's request was not always pleasing to them. So I had these these guys who were sweet guys, you know, we got along fine on before and after the gig, but deep down in their heart they were not psyched that I was there. Um and and um that was an interesting and my dad was, you know, in the process of really trying to rebuild his life and come back from cancer and all kind bankruptcy and all kinds of stuff. So he was he wanted me with him and wanted me under his wing, but he was also focused on himself in an entirely different way, which which I understood at the time. Mm-hmm. So it left me in this kind of place that was, you know, for better or for worse. Like here I am, here it is. 
these guys really don't want me here. This audience isn't sure about me. They're seeing me as Levon's daughter, and now I have to get up and kind of sing these three or four blues songs every night, and half the time I'm doing it, I'm really sucking at it. So it was a time of reckoning. I had to face myself and really say, do you... Is this worth it? Because this isn't always fun. This mm-hmm. is challenging. This is, I don't, I can't, I, I don't have my sea legs in this. And, and um, it, it was a profoundly uh, transformative time for me in terms of really committing to myself as a singer, um, having to ignore what the audience thought, having to ignore what the guys on stage thought, and staying connected to my own desire to get better at singing, and I did. You so sure it was did. a fantastic time. Wow. <laughs> Thank wow. you. What a memory. Yeah, absolutely. It was a memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then after, or maybe still during, um, Olabel came into play, which, what a great band. Yeah. How, yeah. how did you guys all great... meet? Uh, well, Olabel met, it was, again, it was all just kind of coincidence and, and circumstance. Um there was a bartender at a club on the Lower East Side that started a, a night called Sunday Night for Sinners, um, where he wanted people to come in and do gospel songs. And this was, excuse me, sort of in the wake of 9-11. Yeah. So we all started to get together and do songs. We, were, we really were not a band. And then about two or three months into it, the guitar player, Jimmy Javago, who sadly passed away um, It'll be, a, it's a year and a half now since he passed away. He brought, the, he brought it to the attention of his friend who owned a, a recording studio, and, uh, and he brought Steve down to see us, and we recorded it at the Magic Shop with Steve and made a record, and then before we knew it, T-Bone Burnett loved the record, and he signed us to Columbia Records, and we had a record deal, and... We were a band, whether we wanted to be or not. <laughs> we, yeah. had to, we had to name it and get our shit together and, and get ready to go on the road and do some pretty amazing tours that came our way. And um, that was a really exciting exciting time and scary time, you know. For all of us, it kind of felt like jumping out of a birthday cake. We had hardly <laughs> hardly developed any kind of sound or anything. So that, that was a special thing to, to all be in that, in that um, situation together and... Of course, we're all still really tight. I just hung out with Fiona and Tony a couple weeks ago, and Tony came up for the Ramble shows, and Fiona and I actually got to get together and start writing a song together, which was great. And you know, oh, lovely. They're all spe- special musicians, everybody in that band, and it was a great, incredible time in all of our lives to learn a lot of music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tony's going to be on the show next month. I look forward to talking oh, great. with him. Oh, he's and, the best. Oh, and of course, Byron Isaacs. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, wonderful. But you guys, Olabel, had three critically acclaimed albums, and you guys also put out a live album, too. So, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you guys are going to come back together every once in a while, or how? Yes, yeah, yeah we definitely are. We did uh, the year the winter before COVID, we did a show at the barn um, around Thanksgiving, um, and I think that we we were about to put together a small reunion tour, and then COVID happened. But I'm sure that will happen for us. Maybe in the fall, we'll do some Northeast shows. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then. All of a sudden, this beautiful event happened in so many of your musician friends and your family's lives. The Midnight Ramble concert started. 
And you were a major part of getting that going. And tell us about the barn, which is really a sacred place. Every time I've gone, I just, it feels like church. It feels like I'm in a really sacred, hollowed ground. And it's just a comforting place, just to me as an audience member. Mm -hmm. What... Talk a little bit about building the barn, why Levon did, and and just your thoughts about the barn. Um, Well, he built the barn in the early 1970s, and um, he always envisioned it as being a recording studio and a place to film and record and present music. He was was almost sort of prescient in his thinking. You know, he he, he, he had an incredible mind and was really brilliant and could think ahead and kind of envision where the industry was headed. So this was before MTV and before all of that. So an interesting thing about him is that he actually built the barn specifically with windows in a certain location by the control room so that you could get a crane with a camera up into the window to film things. You know, he kind of was thinking about it as, as a much bigger thing than at the time it it was. Um, And, you know, I don't know what to say about the room. It's, it's, um, it's, it's just, as you said, it's just one of those special places. You know, I think it was built with pure intentions, built by a drummer for musicians to make a payday and for music lovers to hear a great sounding room and a, and a great sounding night of music. And that just kind of has held when you have something so simple in its foundation, I think it just holds its own, you know, it maintains itself. It maintains its own magic. Yeah, I always enjoyed the few times I've been there when your dad was still with us. Um, the way he had the drums set up on the side there, where his smile mm-hmm. just did not end for the whole show. <laughs> he would smile as soon as he caught, walked out of the room and sit on that kit and watched all he of you musicians. It. And it, it, it was just looking at Levon. How could you not smile and feel the warmth from mm-hmm. him? You know, yeah, just, he loved it. Yeah, he and, loved it. And some sure. of the people that you've had there, I mean, Emmy Lou Harris, you've had Alan Toussaint, mm-hmm. Phil Lesh, Elvis Costello, yeah. Mavis. I mean, you know who told me a really special story? I want to say, was it Byron or Eric? Um, Mavis was there, and this was not recorded, and every, it was a rainy day, mm-hmm. and they were out mm-hmm. on the porch, and they just started singing without being recorded. And I think Eric yeah. Lawrence or something recorded it on his iPhone uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've seen that video, yeah. I think it was Eric. Yeah, it was, you know, some really special times that happened there. And and what I what I love about the barn still is I love when when, you know, a musician who's who's starting out, you know, or someone who's who's just getting their career going will come into the room and feel all that history mm-hmm. and and um and even musicians who have their careers going, you know, they come in and they feel that history and I I love to imagine people feeling really inspired and held by it mm-hmm. instead of intimidated by it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That's my my dad was was um was fiercely anti-industry in that he really did not, um, he didn't believe in, in the pecking order and the, the insecurity that ensued in musicians when you're dealing with the pitfalls of the music industry, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he was, um, 
he was really a union man. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I like that that part of his personality is kind of pervades the room. And if anybody ever comes in and feels overwhelmed by the history or by thinking of these, you know, icons such as Mavis or, or various people that have been there, I just remind people that, like, you know, he would want you to, like, feel right at home, yeah. you know, feel yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, of course, what a comeback, Amy. Dirt Farmer released and um, went on to win a Grammy Award for Best Traditional Folk Album and then recorded Electric Dirt and The Ramble at the Ryman and ah, three Grammys. And I mean, I know, like you said, he was anti-industry, but that had to have given him a little perk up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yes. He. Lo- he. He was. He was. He was definitely um, proud of it and tickled by it. And um, and uh, you know, I think he. I. I think he was. But I think he was honestly. I think he was most proud of building the Rambles and being able to provide um, a job for musicians for mm-hmm. the last. 10, 15 years of his life. I mean, that made him feel good that he was putting food on the table and people were supporting their families just through the rambles. That was really satisfying to him. So yeah, yeah. I have to say he was happy about the Grammys, but but he was happier about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah understandable. Um, when I had when I was speaking to Larry and Teresa here, Larry, you know, who's had an illustrious career himself, said the best mm-hmm. year of his musical careers were the ones spent at the Ramble mm-hmm. with Levon. So mm-hmm. that says mm-hmm. a lot, says a lot, mm-hmm. says a lot. And then you, his daughter, who it was beautiful to watch the two of you as well, you and your dad on stage mm-hmm. and the pride that he had in you. And I know mm-hmm. on your first release, he did play a track on there. Is that correct? On Didn't It Rain? Yeah, he did. He played two tracks, actually. He played uh, Sing to Me and Spend Our Last Time. Mm. Yep. Ah, beautiful. And Heat Lightning, actually. Yeah, he played on three tracks. Yeah. Oh, nice. And that was a release mm-hmm. that came out in 2015. You had three, now you're having three albums come out, all highly, wonderfully produced and recorded. Is the last one, the newest one here, is this the first one recorded at the barn or did you record one of the other ones there? I recorded Didn't It Rain at the barn, but this is the first thing. That, the, the process of making that Didn't It Rain album was a little bit... Um, it was kind of stop and start, and it was um, it it had a lot of different aspects to it, and we did it over the course of three or four years. This was the first project that I've done where we went in for five days with a very clear plan, with the thirteen songs picked that we were going to cut, and um, it was a very special experience for sure. Mm-hmm. And you have the legendary producer on this too. I will repeat that you have What the Flood Leaves Behind, your newest release coming out this Friday in just 48 hours. You can already pre- pre-save it and it's going to come out on Renew Records slash BMG. Mm-hmm. Uh, you co-wrote many of the songs as well. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the producer. Talk about the producer on there as well, Josh Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Josh is a really special musician and person. Um, Josh and I have just incredible musical chemistry. Um, we got to spend, uh, we did, we, I was part of two different shows. I, I met him um, on a Leonard Cohen tribute that he was uh, the musical director of and then met him again 
on another show down the road, and then we just hit it off so well, and he and his wife and daughter came upstate and stayed with me for a couple days, and he and I sort of started just imagining, talking about songs, playing snippets of songs, and it was just one of those connections that um, that that just opened up a whole clear path of where we could go musically. You know, we were just sort of finishing each other's sentences musically, and just it was so easy and so it was like play it was like it was just like we were playing to get into talking about the songs it just felt simple and easy and fun mm. and um that's that's how those songs kind of came into being and i absolutely love working with him he's a really wonderful guy yeah yeah verse 23 is a very powerful mm-hmm. song and mm-hmm, the, I agree. the first yep. track on um, on the album and just mm-hmm. really, I see, I listened to a whole album. So I, I, I like, I don't, I want to listen to the whole thing. Um, and, and that was just such a beautiful start to this album, verse 23. Mm. That was written by MC Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Just really, really powerful, um, captivating. Mm-hmm. Just a really, mm-hmm. really powerful so- uh, track. So I, they all I are, I agree. Though. Yeah, that's... Oh, thank you. Yeah, that verse 23 is... There's something very special about that song and that refrain. Um, I agree. It's got something, something to it that... Um, I love singing that song. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Now, we, it, it seems like the world is pre-COVID and after COVID, right? It, and not that we're quite done right. with it yet, but I right. really admired what you did last year during lockdown. And you did this curbside concerts. And yeah. what a great idea. You made a lot of people happy doing that. Oh, Talk yeah. Talk about how I, you conceptualize that. Yeah, we made some people smile. That was great. You made them cry, Amy. Who are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Hopefully both. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really that was really fun. You know, it just uh I don't know. It just came to me. We were just the lockdown was so intense and you know, as everybody knows when you live in the country, I think it felt even more intense. I mean, the city looked pictures of the city it looked like Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Um and up here the lockdown just when you're I don't know, there's something about the isolation when you're in the country that feels exaggerated, I think. And um I just was I I this this woman was driving down the street and delivered just like drove by. She's an acquaintance and she just was bringing flowers to someone she was just leaving flowers for people. So I walked to the end of my driveway and she left it on my on on, on the lawn and she drove away. I thanked her and I picked them up and then I kind of watched the Amazon delivery truck and I watched the guy come up with his mask and I thought, all right, if that Amazon guy can go to someone's house and if she can do that, like what if we just like stood on someone's lawn and sang a song for a couple minutes? And so... That kind of gave me the idea, and um, it turned out to be a really special thing and one of my brightest memories of of the whole year, actually. Yeah, yeah. And your son, you have two beautiful boys, and um, Lee is like quite the drummer himself now. He's really developing into a into a into a drummer. He's a lifer. Yeah, he's a lifer. He's got. um, Yeah, he loves it. He loves drumming, and he is blessed to have incredible teachers. You know, we have the Rock Academy 
up here in Woodstock and um, such great teachers. Jason Bowman, who runs the program there, is incredible. And uh, he just has great teachers and great opportunities. He has great friends that are all into music, too. So he's really found found quite a scene for himself to to build himself into a player if that's what he chooses to do. Right, yeah. And, and he couldn't be in a more... Um, area that's more gifted with opportunities totally. for young people. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You have definitely some wonderful tour dates coming up. Amyhelm.com is where listeners can go to see. Um, I believe the show on Saturday is sold out, but as with Levon's, mm-hmm. if tickets become available, you can go on oh, oh, the website to request standby tickets or something. Mm-hmm. So you start off. Yeah. And the Are you doing, I, when I saw you perform with the Midnight Ramble Band a few weeks ago with Chris Thiele, I was so impressed by the outdoor setup. I can't put it into words. The sound mm. out there was as magnificent as it was inside the barn. And that is... Oh, what, man, that's great to hear because that's hard to do. Well, that's because we have Brendan McDonough and Pete Hanlon um, who are two of the audio engineers that are the our main our mainstays at the barn, and both of them do an incredible job mixing and making it work. So oh, they sure that's do. Great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the audience, like people that were sitting around in the other pods, everybody's like, "Oh my god, this sounds mm-hmm. like great!" Because sometimes outside it doesn't, you know. And, yes, I know. You yeah. know, and this was quality sound. So, are you starting yeah, to move okay. some of the shows inside at Levon's as well, or at the barn? Yes. Yeah, we're yeah. experimenting with all of that. We have a couple indoor shows coming up. It's a little tricky um we we are doing it and um i'm just hoping that in time people will be able to do it and we'll be at a kind of herd immunity yeah. number of vaccinations so that people can just not worry about it and take you know move through the world at your own risk and right. and, and that the risk is you know not as high and similar to i guess moving through a through a bad flu season that's what i guess we're all hoping it kind of turns into so right. a day at a time a day at a time with that with the the regulations are difficult there's a lot to the vaccinating process that i mean obviously there's so many different schools of thought on it there's also a lot of people that can't take the vaccine not because they're choosing not to, but because they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, people who've endured chemotherapy or various are taking various medications or have certain allergies can't take the vaccine. So it's it's always an it's always a tricky place as a venue owner to have to put rules forward when you're trying to accommodate all kinds of people and all kinds of stories. Right. You know, they're 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 stories of their own personal health and choices. So I don't know, I'm looking forward to not having to worry about manage so much of it yeah Yeah, yeah. because it should just music should feel good and should feel loose and should be for everybody and I pray that we get back there sooner than later. I'm with you. I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. So you also yep. are playing this weekend up in Hatfield, Massachusetts. You have dates at City yeah. Winery in New York City and mm-hmm. also the new City Winery in Montgomery here in the Hudson the new, Valley. Yes, that is July 4th. That gig, that that is um, supposed to be a really stunning venue. I have not seen it, but uh, I encourage anybody who wants to do something on July 4th to come out and check it out. That's that's a brand new place they have there. Yeah, they were also another uh, venue that tried to open last year. They were just about ready to open, of mm-hmm. course, and then mm-hmm. and then they couldn't. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and Thursday night, if people are still not going out tomorrow night, tell us what you're doing 
on Facebook and YouTube tomorrow night? Oh, yeah. Well, tomorrow night I'm doing a, I am going to be doing a live, what do they call it? A web stream? <laughs> yeah, live, yeah, live stream. Yeah. A live stream. I, you know what? I, 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 I just will not, like my brain refuses to memorize the actual correct title because I have found them to be at times just odd to step into. They're such an unnatural, I don't mean this one because there will be people in the room with me, but when there's no one there and you're doing something for the camera, it's a little odd. This will not be that. This will be a live stream with a limited indoor audience um, and I'm going to be playing the album in its entirety from top to bottom and Carmel is going to be doing an interview um, with me throughout the process and just taking a deeper dive into the making of the record oh, and the meaning behind some of the songs and all that stuff. So should be should be interesting. It'll be fun for anybody who likes to nerd out on uh, you know the pr- the process of making a record that's absolutely what, that's what and that's tomorrow mm-hmm. night on your facebook page as well as the amy helm youtube channel as well tomorrow mm-hmm. 8 p.m eastern time i look forward mm-hmm. to tuning into that and then i think you'll have a busy summer touring congratulations on this album i cannot say enough i don't have enough adjectives to describe how beautiful it is how deep it is oh, how you. the production of it is just elegantly done and it really is um all your the three out the other two albums are equally good but this one is just feels a little different and um mm-hmm. i just i i find it to be extraordinary and i oh, congratulate you, you and i will be playing tracks of it every single time i do my show so Ms. thank Amy you so Helm. much Thank you. And thank you for um, for your love of music, for the gifts that you give to us here in the Hudson Valley and to keep it going at the barn. And just you really are a special human being. Your dad is looking down on you with that famous smile of his. And I am uh-huh. un. un-, un- I'm certain that he is just so proud of you and your boys. Aww. And yeah. I, so Thanks, Rita. What a, what a sweet, sweet thing to say. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. And thank you. Good luck with the tour. Good luck with the album. People can pre-save Thanks. the release now. It's being released yeah. this Friday. What the Flood Leaves Behind by Amy Helm. And again, tomorrow night you can tune in live. She'll be pre- performing from Levon Helm Studio in Woodstock. And that'll be at 8 p.m. tomorrow on Amy Helm Facebook page and YouTube channel. And with that, I appreciate your time here today. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Rita. Likewise. All right. Take care. Have a good evening. Thank you. Okay. 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 Bye. All right, you are tuned into 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York, Ms. Amy Helm. And again, that new release, I'm going to play a few more tracks of it. Let me cue something up here so you guys can get a feel of her new music. It really is magnificent. Let's take a listen to What the Flood Leaves Behind. The track is called Carry It Alone, 91.3 WVKR. Sandalco flow fed finger lakes and all the life beneath but the river slowed 
WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. We just heard Breathing by Amy Helm. We also heard Sweet Mama 
and Carry It Alone, all released, previously released from the upcoming new album, What the Flood Leaves Behind. And again, that's being released this Friday. You can pre-save it right now. And um, it, it's r- truly a remarkable album. Very, very beautifully produced, written. It's just take a listen. Trust me on this one. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. Ms. Amy Helm, thank you to Amy Helm for her time here today on Local Motion. And if you missed part or all of that interview and like to check it out later, I'll be uploading it on the Local Motion Facebook page as well as the YouTube channel. So, and again, Amy also will be doing a YouTube and Facebook uh, concert tomorrow night from Levon Helm Studios. She's going to play this album in its entirety. And so you're going to get to get a real great preview before it's actually released. So not going to want to miss that. Amy Helm on uh, Facebook as well as YouTube tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And it's 447. I'm your host, Rita Ryan, here with Local Motion each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. And we're going to keep the music flowing. Last Wednesday, I left the show here. I left Vassar College and wound up going right over to the Falcon and checked out the Levin Brothers. It was the opening night of their tour. They're touring this month, and they have a CD available, and it's only available if you are at the show. They're only selling them at the show. It's called Levin Brothers Live at Daryl's House, which is coincidentally exactly where they're performing tonight. So I want to share a track of this at show release only um, CD with you. Let's take a listen right now to the Levin Brothers here on 91.3 WVKR.
ground where the world is waiting Maybe if you change your mind you can leave it behind without the colors fading WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Good Way Out by the Restless Age. Restless Age will be playing tomorrow night at the Falcon in Marlboro. Restless Age consists of Lee Falco on drums, Brandon Morrison bass, and Will Bryant on keys. They were the backing band for Donald Fagan's Night Flyer tour. I think it was about three or four years ago now, probably four years if I'm correct in my estimate of time. So great band to see live and uh, Restless Age. And you can follow them on all the socials and websites and all of that. And we started off with the Levin Brothers, their release called Live at Daryl's House. And we heard the song Cavatina. You might recognize that particular song. That was um, that was written by Stanley Myers for the film The Walking Stick and popularized as the theme from The Deer Hunter back in the 70s. Beautiful version of that by the Levin Brothers. Levin Brothers out on tour right now and not sure if tickets are still available, but you can go see them tonight at Daryl's House in Pauling, New York, Daryl'sHouseClub.com. I know they're also doing a live stream from Daryl's House tonight. So another great thing to watch is the Levin Brothers, of course, with Pete Levin, Tony Levin, Jeff Kiampa, and uh, Jeff Siege Siegel. And the release um, that I just played from them, this CD is only available at their shows. So you might want to go get one. It's a pretty cool release. And they're all hand signed too, which is kind of nice. And it's 12 tracks, a lot of music here. I've been listening to it in the car a lot as I'm driving around and really digging this release by the Levin Brothers. And it is now 4.58, WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. We're broadcasting live from the beautiful campus at Vassar College here in Poughkeepsie, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, whether it's online at WVKR.org, perhaps on TuneIn Radio, or simply on the dial. However it is that you're here, we appreciate you being here. So we're going to keep the music flowing. And also, again, it just it's the top of the hour, some people just tuning in now. Also, I want to just say, if this is your first time tuning into Local Motion, this show airs each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. and features music of the Hudson Valley. We focus on musicians that live here and those coming to record 
to uh, play in our area venues. So that's what this show is all about. And today I want to say thank you again to Amy Helm for being the guest here on the show. If you missed part of that interview, it will be uploaded tonight wherever you stream your podcasts from. You'll look for Local Motion and Amy Helm's podcast will be uploaded tonight as well as on my YouTube channel, which is Local Motion, Rita Ryan, Local Motion. And with that, we're going to keep the music flowing. There's some great jazz happening this weekend in Woodstock at Barnstock. Let's take a listen now to Terry Roiger here on 91.3 WVKR. Is the magic of a secret word, a secret word, secret word. The music is the magic of a secret word. It's a word that is always within. The music is the magic and the hiding place, hiding place. Hiding place, the music is the magic in the hiding place. It's a place where the spirit is home. The music is the magic through the raging storm. The raging storm, raging storm. The music is the magic through the raging storm. It's a storm that is over again Is the magic and the hiding place, the hiding place, the hiding place. The music is the magic and the hiding place. It's a place where the spirit is home. The music is the magic of a secret world, a secret world. Music is the magic of a secret world. It's a world that is always within. It's a world that is always within. It's a world that is always within.
to show and prove I know you feel so good when you're feeling the groove And I can show you how it's done But hold on, not so fast You got the feeling, make the fire last You wanna feel it from me, I wanna feel it from you I say what you gonna do, or what you gonna do to me WVKR Trombone Shorty, due to me, he will be performing right here in Poughkeepsie on August 22nd at the Bardavon. Yes, Trombone Shorty and yes, the Bardavon and UPAC are opening back up to live music in person. Tickets are now on sale to see Trombone Shorty on August 22nd. You can visit bardavon.org, also UPAC. 
Ulster Performing Arts Centre in Kingston. They are both connected and run by same management. And speaking of management of UPAC and Bardavon, I will have two of them as my guests next week here on Local Motion. We'll be hosting the executive director of the Bardavon, Chris Silva, as well as the managing director of theatre production, Stephen LaMarca. Both will be my guests during the four o'clock hour here next Wednesday. And next Wednesday and the five o'clock hour, I will be talking with the director of artistic planning and producing for the Fisher Center at Bard College, Mr. Caleb Hammonds. So it's all about venues are opening back up. Live music is back and they need support now more than ever, considering they've been all shut down for the last 15 or 16 months. So we're going to talk about Bard Summerscape at the Fisher Center. And we're going to talk about all the things that are happening at Bardavon and UPAC next Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss that. Good stuff. We Like I said, we just heard Trombone Shorty, and we also heard Terry Royger, her release called Dear Abby, the Music of Abby Lincoln. And the music is the magic, is the track we heard. Her, Terry, and her husband, John Menegon, along with Peter Bernstein and Matt Garrity, will be performing this Saturday, June 19th, 7 o'clock in Woodstock at Barnstock. Information available at barnstocknycom It's a non-ticketed event. It's by donation only and it's outside and it's a really great, great spot. It's right on 376 there and uh, yeah, that's happening this Saturday, barnstocknycom to see some great jazz happening here in the Hudson Valley outdoors on Saturday. It's 5 o'clock. No, it's not. It's 5.08. It's 5.09. <laughs> Time just flies. The clock just flipped. I'm Rita Ryan here, your host, each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we're going to keep the music flowing here. This is a performer. This lovely lady will be performing this Saturday in Beacon at the Town Crier. Let's take a listen to K.J. Denhurt here on 91.3 WVKR. Thank you. 
shame to be with who? Good for you and good for me. What happened is we really don't agree.
91.3 WVKR, Hudson Valley's own Vito Petrocito Jr. The release called Envito Veritas. Going to tie one on. Vito, such a great performer, a lifelong Hudson Valley resident, and just so much fun to see perform live. You can visit Vito Petrocito Jr. on all the social medias and all of that good stuff. He does some live streaming events, plays live music, which is what he will be doing this Friday night down in Beacon at Town Crier. Vito Petrocito, live and in person, towncrier.com for info to that show. And you're also going to hear, see KJ Dennert perform there, who we heard right before Vito came on. KJ Dennert, her release called Destiny, we heard one day. She will be at Town Crier in Beacon on Saturday. So Friday night with Vito Petrocito Jr. and Saturday at Town Crier with KJ Dennert. You could spend the whole weekend in Beacon seeing some great live music at the legendary Town Crier Cafe. Live music is coming back, folks. Towncrier.com, and that's town spelled with an E, crier.com. Speaking of Beacon, there is another resident who we've had on the show here before. I'll tell you what she's got going on at the Howland Cultural Center in Beacon. Let's take a listen right now to Tara O'Grady, right here on 91.3 WVKR. On the island, boats bob in the sea. We drink in the sunset at a cafe by the quay. Bicycles announcing, riders passing by. Dust crawls into Svenball as stars speckle the sky. Bathing beauties glisten as they listen from the sound. The night wind carries music from the tuning of a band. Mystical old fiddles and melancholy blues. Some old friends and some new friends are sharing ancient tunes. Summer is upon us, lazy days ahead Lay down here beside me, leave nothing left unsaid
Under thatch rhubarbs Where horses used to feed Couples gather to embrace A necessary need Dancing to the music Swaying to the song Love under the midnight sun Until the morn has come Legendary lovers Waltzing to the dawn Leaving footprints in the sand Where their hearts have been drawn Evening temptations Amongst the blades of grass Seagulls cry the morning sky Too soon out of time is